Hello and welcome back for episode two of the Habit Podcast. Today you've got Coach Morgan, Coach Kristen, and Coach Carly on the mic. All right, we're so excited to um, be back for another episode. In case you're new to us, we're the Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com to request more info. All right, so today we're covering a hot topic, the scale. We talk a lot about this, um, but we know it's something that most women deal with, usually in a negative way at some point in their life. So it's important to discuss how we can break down those negative feelings um, that you might be having when you weigh yourself and understand the why behind the fluctuations you experience. So let's start off with a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, What sport would you compete in if you were in the Olympics? Kristen, you can go first. I have two answers to this. The first one, summer, um, I would want to do either gymnastics or volleyball, like the double sand volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it was winter Olympics, I would want to do the snowboarding half pipe. Um, I can't even imagine that. I've never <laughs> snowboarded in my life, so that sounds terrifying to me. But I snowboard like very intermediately i go once a year and ski for like three days out of the whole year but like i can hold my own and i remember i went back in january or february i can't remember at this point with my family and i remember just being like i just want to be a cool girl that snowboards like i want (laughs) i want people on the lift to look and be like dang that girl's so good and i just doing yeah i just simply am not why do i why do i feel like it's cooler if you snowboard than if you ski there yeah, is this, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's just a stigma around like mm-hmm. snowboarders that are like they're so chill. They're typically uh-huh. like the easygoing ones. Yeah. But yep. yeah, I uh, think like I every know. time I go skiing, which I'm just a skier, but I will never snowboard. There's no way I would fall on my butt constantly. It's but, fun. Um, every time I see like a little kid and they're snowboarding, like a three, four year old like snowboarding, I'm like, wow, I suck at everything. How are they doing this? <laughs> Like it's I want to be like them no when I grow up. Seriously, yeah, I'm like, man, I wish I had the skills of that four-year-old. That'd be great. It's so humbling <laughs> seeing them. It They're like, truly right. is. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But um, yeah, I'm kind of the same way with uh, gymnastics. I grew up doing gymnastics, which not obviously not to the level of being in the Olympics, but um, cheered and did gymnastics and stuff. So that's always something that I wanted to do. Like whenever we'd watch the Olympics, I, I was always like, that would be so cool. I want to do that but yeah what about you Carly same gymnastics gymnastics for me too and I feel like that and figure skating are the only things that I actually watch in the Olympics I guess guess snowboarding too I did watch the snowboarding half pipe this past uh, Olympics but gymnastics or CrossFit if that ever became a thing because I'm a diehard diehard CrossFitter coach and everything and I just it's a hobby I do it almost every single day of the week so that'd be cool if that ever became an Olympic that sport would I would cool. definitely choose that yeah I'm kind of surprised it's not one at this point like well there's the CrossFit games which, which awesome it's yeah like always it's just, like that kind of almost like that but. it would just be it would be too hard to regulate I think yeah. for the Olympics yeah 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 that's true all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start off with a question. Why are we so obsessed with the scale? Where do you think that came from? And Carly, you can kind of start us off. For me, first thing that comes to mind is, you know, that American diet culture. Like it's, you know, I, I grew up looking at Victoria's Secret models and like so skinny, so tall. And that was like the image that everyone wanted. I remember thinking 
Um, my thighs were too big in high school and I needed to have smaller thighs. Um, so it just always has been this American diet culture of, you know, eat less and move more. There's so many like different diets that just focus on weight loss. And it's, yeah. there's no, there's no, like no one's ever really heard of, oh, gut, like gaining strength. This diet will help you get stronger. It's always uh-huh. been for women, move more, eat less. Yeah. And to be smaller. I totally yeah. agree. And those fad tabloids that used to be like, lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Like it, it's always uh-huh. just been around pounds. How much yeah. the scale always. says. Always. There's never been, like you said, Curly, get strong. Like it's just lose X pounds in X days. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I also think it's just the easiest way to measure a form of progress. Like you just get on the scale, it spits out a number, but there's really no explanation of the reason behind the, that number. You know, our fat weighs a certain amount, our muscle weighs a certain amount, our organs weigh a certain amount, our blood weighs a certain amount, but you don't really know that. You just see a number and then you compare yourself, you know, to a celebrity and see like the tabloids, which is like how, you know, Julianne Huff stays skinny during the summer months or whatever it is. And yeah, I think we just, you know, you see that at the grocery store when you're checking out or you, um, you know, you hear your mom talk about it or whatever it just I think it's what we've been accustomed to since at a young age you yeah. hear a lot about that but um I kind of as I was like going through this question and thinking about my answer and everything a kind of funny memory popped into my head um from whenever I was like a seventh grader or something and I went to go get a physical and I stepped on the scale like you do and um one of the nurses she was probably like 30 to 35 years old um, and she said something like, I wish I was that small or you're so tiny, you weigh whatever. I can't even remember how much it was. But um, just the fact that she was like wanting to like comparing herself to me as a 13 year old. I was like, that's insane. Yeah, you're Why like, I'm barely even like going that? through puberty at this point. Yeah, lady. I wasn't even close to fully developed at that point. It just, <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy stuff like yeah. that. And so I think it's just so important to understand your impact of your language when you talk about that, especially if you have, you know, children around younger girls people listening to you like that but yeah that's exactly what I was gonna say like as as women like I'm a mom I don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys are aspiring to be parents one day but Mm -hmm. it's so important of the way that you speak to your children too like my mom growing up you know she always wanted to bring me to the gym and she was playing softball and everything like that so I grew up with that kind of influence of being strong and athletic yeah. versus yeah. my mom always trying to diet, diet, diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that definitely has a big role too is American diet culture then influences your upbringing, your parents, and then on you. So it really just, it depends on the culture and then how you're raised as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It totally does. Morgan, back to oh. your story. Same, same, but mm-hmm. different. I have also a vivid memory of, I walked into, I worked at a restaurant. I was a hostess. Um, mm-hmm. in high school and I walked into my manager's office to go get something and she was brand new she literally looks at me and says eat a cheeseburger and I was like hey, yeah, I'm yeah. 16 like yeah chill. Like, I, I do I remember just time. being shocked I know I'm like I've yeah. never thought about what I eat once I eat so many cheeseburgers I eat milkshakes I'm like <laughs> yeah I just remember being <laughs> floored I'm like yeah what's the things that people say I'm like People really? are wild, man. Yeah. People are wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of yeah. wild. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's now even social media is influencing. Like it was just the magazine stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. as you got older, you started to see it. Because I remember being younger, like even in middle school and high school, like I wasn't concerned with what I was eating. Like Never. I was eating cheeseburgers, milkshakes, whatever. Yeah. And I feel like now with social media, you know, coming into those young girls and, and boys too, mm-hmm. into their lives so early, it's starting to make them more cognizant of the things that uh-huh. they're putting in their body and not in a good way either. So yeah. it's making people want to be smaller. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Also the, like, the, I feel like this noise has calmed down a little bit, but BMI used to be a huge thing. And BMI mm-hmm. really just does your weight and your age. I think maybe your height. But your like, height. Yeah. Your yeah. Height. And that's it. And people yeah. who have a lot of muscle could be considered obese on a BMI scale. And I think that that was, that's it gave, ridiculous. it would spit out a range of like, you need to be within this range to be healthy. And it didn't mm-hmm. take into consideration literally anything else. So, yeah. 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 It's frustrating. But bottom line, watch how you talk around yeah. people, about yeah. around people, especially young people. Um, yeah. Even I have, I have some mom clients who are like, I will not weigh my food in front of my daughter. I yeah. will not put that stigma into her mind. Um, even though it's, she's trying to develop a healthy mindset, like it, mm-hmm. seeing those things as a young individual, it definitely shapes uh, your schema of the world in the future. So totally. definitely have to be careful what you talk about around who. Yes, that's so true. I agree. Okay, so we all have quite a few clients. What do you tell a client when she's frustrated that the scale hasn't dropped more? I kind of talk about how, I mean, a lot of the times it's just like reminders of the scale doesn't tell the whole picture. You know, are you eating more than you used to? Are you about to start your period? Are you on your period? Do you drink more water? There's a there's a lot of different things um, that I just kind of remind on the front end. And then on the back end, I start pointing to other things. Like if I know their strength training, I'm like, okay, well, are you lifting heavier? Um, are your clothes fitting better? And kind of start shifting to those forms of progress and kind of try to get their mind off the scale a little bit because I found most of the time they're having really good progress and their pictures even show it they're just stuck on the scale so just really pointing them to the other points of data that's showing amazing progress that they're just kind of forgetting about because the scale hasn't budged um I mean same same thing with my clients I just want to make sure we're looking at all the other data like because like Kristen said um there's so many other things that you can look at besides the scale. Like, is tracking on point? Are we actually being accurate? Do we know how much we're actually eating? Um, you know, are you weighing and logging your food correctly? Are you picking good entries in the um, food tracking app? Um, because some of those out there are way off. So you really got to make sure you're picking the right thing. Yeah. Um, and then accounting for bites, licks, and tastes. That's huge. Those can add up to quite literally hundreds of calories. And then, um, you know, pointing out like, I just want to add in something really quick, Morgan. Mm -hmm. With the tracking app, what you said, I just had a client come across um, it being wildly different on macros first Uh versus my fitness pal. I've had that too. Um, The entries were very different. I've had that too. um, Even with her like trying to pick the best ones. Uh So cross-check your log Literally entries everything. no matter what app you're using. It could have been my fitness pal that was wrong. Could have been macros first. Could have been yeah. macros plus. Make sure you're double checking your entries because that can definitely change your your number on the scale as well. Yes, Carly, yes. I actually and had that happen. One of my clients, uh, when she switched over to a new app, her she like 
plateaued and wouldn't um her the scale wasn't moving nothing was moving when she moved back to her old app things started moving again so Ooh, that's interesting yeah huh. it's crazy just pay attention to all the things it's, yeah oh it's yeah interesting mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt Morgan. no no Go ahead. you're good that's a great point <laughs> because i didn't really realize that i've kind of used my fitness pal and macros first i've kind of switched off back and forth and I am tracking right now so that's a good point maybe I need to go look at my entries also <laughs> um but yeah and then also just another thing you know look at are we looking at day-to-day weights are we focused on those or are we actually looking at the averages and the trends because if you're going to get hung up on day-to-day weights you're probably 99.9 percent of the time you're going to be disappointed or annoyed because our weight fluctuates almost every single day I've had like one client maybe two that the scale is exactly the same and usually if i see that i'm like is your scale like messed up like is it broken because that's not normal that we usually fluctuate a lot Uh, and that has been the case one time but um so like really focusing on the trends the averages and then like kristen said to focus on measurements and pictures are there changes there because usually there is a lot and there's not as much on the scale um and then also are you in a phase of nutrition where weight loss should be expected because if you're in a reverse diet or a maintenance phase, you can't expect the scale to go down. And that's something that you have to be okay with um, uh-huh. and understand that if you're in maintenance, the scale shouldn't be going down because then you're not in maintenance. So, yeah. Have you noticed? Any- yeah, it's... Oh, you're you're good, Carly. Go for it. It's, it's really easy to get, you know, tunnel vision on one data point when you're trying to track for yourself. And that's why it's really great to have an outside perspective um, when you're getting that tunnel vision, because you really do need to look at all of the other data points, because out of those three indicators, the scale, measurements and pictures, the scale is honestly the worst measurement of your progress. Like you guys are saying, you know, measurements are a little bit better. Pictures are definitely huge because it's how you're looking like your measurements sometimes could be hiding the fact that you're making progress too. You know, if you're losing fat and gaining muscle, your measurements uh-huh. might, might not budge as much. So um, definitely paying attention to all of the different data points. And then you have to tell, tell yourself like, okay, when it does go up, you have to look at, you know, the, your tracker. That's why our tracker is so yes. intensive because you need all those data points to actually see, okay, what were my habits this week? And why did I actually see that scale go up? Or why did I not see the scale drop this week? You know, sometimes it's out of your control, like Kristen said, your menstrual cycle, um, but it could also be you're not sleeping as well. Um, your stress is higher than normal. Um, even eating more carbs than normal just yeah. the day before, your your weight is going to go up those days. So then you can see, okay, what things did I do this week that I could have been better at? Because sometimes it is in your control, but you have to be able to know, okay, I did this, the scale did this, it's okay. Maybe next week I won't do that yeah. and we'll see how the scale reacts that way. And you can yeah. just keep that logical mindset around it. For yeah. sure. Love that. And I think being honest with yourself, um, you know, we asked for how our clients would bring their adherence throughout the week and really being honest with yourself of, okay, did I actually really try this week to hit my macros or did I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and now I'm mad that the skill's not moving when in reality you weren't adhered at all. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes you're in your own way most yeah. and you got to you gotta get yourself away from yourself in a sense. Like, yeah, actually be honest. Did you like 
trying and actually being adherent are two different things. You know, you can try and still be way off the mark, but oh, I tried. (laughs) And it's like, just, you know, make sure that you're being consistent, you're hitting your macros. And if you aren't hitting your macros, then how are you going to, you know, proceed forward to hit them next week to try to be consistent to actually see if these are working? Because as coaches, if you're not being consistent and you're mad that the scale's not moving, you know, we can't say that your macros aren't working because you've never really hit them before. Um, And just kind of going off of that. Yeah. I love what you said about being honest with yourself, especially when you are going out to eat or when you don't have a scale. If you're eyeballing portions and like, oh, you know what? That's like a half cup of rice. And really, truly, you know that it's more than a half cup. It's Uh three quarter cup. It's one cup. If you're not being honest with yourself, it doesn't matter what you put in your tracker. Your Uh body is going to know the difference between a half cup of rice and a full cup of rice. So you have to be honest with yourself there. Be truthful. And, you know, maybe if that means leaving a couple extra, leaving some, you know, extra macros for like wiggle room at the end of the day. Be honest with yourself because yeah. your body's going to know the difference. Yeah. For sure. I tell my clients a lot of the time it's better to overestimate whenever it's coming to, you know, you're going out to eat or you're drinking alcohol because most of the time, like as a human, we tend to underestimate how much we're eating. Most people do. Um, and so whenever you do go out to eat or you're drinking alcohol, it's better to overestimate a little bit because you're probably eating more than you think you are or that's. Or more than what is on like a nutrition info page on their webs on the restaurant's website or something like that they're you know they're not worried the restaurant's not worried about how many calories are in their dish they're worried (laughs) about you coming back they're gonna load it up with butter and oil and all the seasonings Uh so that you eat everything and want to come back again and so you've got to keep that in mind when you go out to eat um especially if you do it often and if you're in a deficit because that can really throw some things off if you're not yeah yeah for sure. Okay, leading us into our next question. So, do you weigh yourself every day? If yes, do you still have negative emotions tied to your weight sometimes? I don't currently weigh myself every day. Um, I'm also not tracking um, right now. I weigh myself every once in a while just to um, get a gauge. But I also know if you know, I weighed myself two weeks ago versus today and it's off by a little bit. You know, I don't freak out if it's within a small window. Like if honestly the swings within like two to three pounds, I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. whatever. Um, and I just, you know, move on. I'm not tracking right now. I, I, I need a break. Um, I've got a lot of kind of stress going on in my life and I just am not adding tracking to that. And honestly, <laughs> It's interesting. My thoughts, going to get a little vulnerable here, but oh, my thoughts okay. around like food and the scale have really completely changed in the time like before I started with the habit and before I started counting. And when I say started with the habit, I mean as a client because um, I used to be a client of the habit. Um like pre that and post that I used to food used to consume every single thought in my mind um and after I did the habit for a while and then I tracked on my own I tracked for like a year and a half and then I became a coach and I was still tracking um after I tracked for probably about two and a half years I honestly just don't really think about food anymore 
which is nice and freeing. But what I've noticed <laughs> is when I'm stressed, since I don't think about food anymore, I'm starting to undereat. Um, and just like, honestly, I'm getting up on the scale to make sure like my weight's not dropping an alarming amount and trying to keep myself in check. So, you know, yeah. kind of a different perspective than what you would hear. And even if you were to ask me two years ago, a completely different perspective than I had a few years ago. But um, yeah. I think just like, it's a good touch base of like, am I am I healthy either way? You know, mm-hmm. am I gaining a lot of weight or am I losing a lot of weight? Because losing a lot of weight does not indicate you're healthy. It could also, right. you know, indicate that you're not eating enough. And so I'm just kind of jumping on to be like, okay, am I eating? Am I eating enough? Am I good? I don't want my weight uh-huh. to move. Um, and kind of gauging that. Yeah, I kind of had the same experience a few months ago. Um, after my wedding in 2022 went into a maintenance phase and kind of did the intuitive eating thing. I tracked for a while just to get a good idea of like where my maintenance was, where my weight was, that kind of thing. And then um, just stopped tracking because I needed a break because I was sick of tracking at that point. Um, But then also got to a point where I felt good at maintenance, felt good with intuitive eating and everything. Um, And I think I got sick and I did get sick. And a few weeks after I was still like losing weight and I decided to get on the sale because like when I first noticed it was my clothes were fitting a lot differently and they were looser and I was like what in the world this is kind of crazy I really didn't think much had changed and then I got on the scale and I was surprised um by how much I had lost um and then got to a point where I was like okay I need to get back into tracking make sure eating enough just tracking it like once every week or something like that just to make sure I'm still um in a good spot um, so that kind of reminded me, your story reminded me of that, but, um, I am currently weighing myself. I'm, um, doing a deficit now after being in maintenance for a little over a year. Um, and I, I don't really have any negative emotions tied to my weight anymore. I've really grown a lot, um, in that way. Um, if I would have been asked this question though, like two years ago, definitely, um, I really like used to struggle with that, but now I'm truly happy with my body, the way I look my weight is my weight. It's, it is what it is, honestly. Um, actually I had a cool realization the other day. I tried on a dress that I wore to a wedding a few years ago and I remember putting it on and just not loving like the way it fit me, the way I looked in it. Um, I felt okay, but not like awesome. Like I was thinking I would feel. Um, and so after that, what I still wore it after that wedding that I went to, I just put it in my closet, haven't tried it on since. And so now I've got another wedding to go to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what this looks like. And I put it on a couple of days ago and I loved it. And I was like, it's kind of crazy how much I noticed that I had changed just from a mental perspective. Um, when in rea- reality, my weight was is pretty much the same. Um, I've maintained that weight for years now. and um, But also noticing my body composition has changed after going through a true like maintenance phase and um, really putting on more muscle. Um, so that was that was kind of cool just to see that. Uh, firsthand after a couple years and realizing it takes years to get to this place too it doesn't happen over a couple months or a couple weeks so for sure yeah yeah I currently weigh myself almost every day usually it's you know if I'm not weighing myself I'm not at my house or my son is up early and I just don't have the time um, but I'm tracking, I'm actually using our habit tracker as well. Um, I'm trying to find my legit maintenance because I've always mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, d- going off the estimated numbers and I still kind of lost weight. Mm-hmm. So 
trying to find mm-hmm. my actual maintenance right now. So I am weighing myself every day, pictures, measurements, everything, just to get, you know, that better idea. And, you know, I do have the fluctuations up, you know, after a day where I eat more carbs or eat more than I my macros have room for or I have a really high um, intensity workout. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said I got on the scale and saw a high number and wish it wasn't lower for some reason, uh-huh. even though like um, like you had mentioned earlier, Morgan, if you're in a reverse phase or a maintenance phase, why are you expecting to lose weight? That's right. not the point yeah. of those phases. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I'm in maintenance and I have to keep that logical aspect in my mind of you're not trying to lose weight. And I'm actually mm-hmm. I want to gain muscle. I want to be bigger. Yeah. And so I still go back and forth between wanting the scale to read that lower maintenance number that I have seen before and wanting mm-hmm. it to go up because I know that to gain muscle, I'm going to need to gain weight. Right. Um, so yeah, I was constantly telling myself like, you don't want it to to go down. And you know, after I have that little blip of a thought in the morning, like it doesn't consume me for the rest yeah. of the day. It's like, okay, uh-huh. that's fine. And you know, this morning it, yes. my weight was up from yesterday and I'm like, okay, well, I also yeah. worked out yesterday. I'm pretty sore today. Um, and uh-huh. then it actually kind of makes me happy because I, yeah. I look at other like CrossFitters. And I'm like, God, I just want big shoulders like her. I just yes. like, I want to be big <laughs> and muscular. So like, I, I, I'm i okay with seeing the scale go up, but I do have those yes. little moments. And I think, you know, maybe that doesn't ever go away completely. Yeah. You might have yeah. that, that moment, you know, far few and far between as you get further into your mm-hmm. journey. But, you know, it's, it's really how you deal with those thoughts and um, where you're at in your pro- in your in your journey, because yes, if you're in reverse or maintenance, you definitely uh, don't want the scale to be going down. Um, yeah. and another mm-hmm. point is I'm I'm pretty stressed out, you know, toddler mom over here, so yeah. my digestion's not yeah. always regular, and that definitely plays into it too. So, like we've talked about, you know, earlier, it, there's so many different factors to why oh the scale gosh. could be yeah. going up, mm-hmm. and you just have to keep that logical logical mindset about it. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. I actually have that conversation with a decent amount of my clients in a reverse in maintenance because they, spending almost all of them have talked about, with the exception of a few, oh my gosh, reverse in maintenance is so much harder than a deficit. And I'm like, yeah, it is because it's so mentally challenging because yeah. especially as women, we've always chased watching the scale go down. Like uh-huh. if the scale's not going down, then we're not doing something right. And so to stop and purposely be in a phase where you're trying to not get the scale to move is it just seems so wrong mentally because yeah. that's not what we've been conditioned to do for a while. So yeah. Yeah. I Carly, I think that that's so normal for literally every woman to not be like, Oh, why didn't it drop? And then you're like, Oh wait, uh-huh. I'm trying to make it not drop I don't like you said I don't think I've had honestly I don't think I've had a single client that wasn't like you know in reverse looking for that scale to drop still totally it's always like you're conditioned to think that now and Mm -hmm. it's so messed up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah or like a client I've had some clients and then myself included too in this um that when the scale does go up they're you know they're like what the heck like what am I doing something wrong is something like off I'm like no, this is the point. You are yeah. lifting. You're get, you're gaining yeah. some muscle. Um, you have more food in your stomach at one time when you weigh. It's just so normal. You have more water, um, uh-huh. and so yeah, it's kind of kind of cool to really see that, especially if you do. Which I love tra- um, coaching a client through a reverse and a maintenance phase because I'm like, there's so much to learn in those two phases. Yes, yeah. everybody's dieted. Everybody knows how to do a deficit. 
Yeah. There's nothing wrong with um, doing that, but whenever you get to experience a reverse diet or a maintenance phase um, with a coach, it can be super, super helpful um, from a man- mental standpoint, just uh-huh. getting through those thoughts that you may have. And yeah, it's just cool. I love it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I always like oh. to preface um, my clients whenever they're about to start a reverse. I'm like, okay, <laughs> your body is going to fluctuate. It's very normal to see like, honestly, a three to five pound difference once you get yep. in maintenance. Like, that doesn't mean that it's five pounds of fat, but I'm like, just a heads up. Yes. If you see a three to five pound, like, increase, don't freak. Don't they forget. always freak, yeah. and that's normal. But I'm like, I told you. I told you it was yep. coming. Fair <laughs> warning. Yeah. And then that's they funny. see the pictures of themselves, and they're uh-huh. like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love uh-huh. reverse. I love maintenance. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yes. Exactly. I, I always tell them that, too. I'm like, you're going to love it. I'm so excited for you. It's yes. so much better. Life is so much better in maintenance. Yes. It's glorious. Um, yeah. And then once I experience it, it's usually always positive. I don't know if I've had anybody mm-hmm. not like maintenance. Like, it's so much better. Oh, for sure. Or they get annoyed with it, and then they're chasing to be back in a deficit. And then finally, they've gone through a maintenance phase. They get back in the deficit, and they hate the deficit. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I was like, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Once you hit maintenance, no. you're not going to enjoy a deficit. Morgan, no. are you feeling yeah. that and way right Yes. Now? Yes. But 100%. Then it, yeah. Then it's great yeah. for them, though, because then it, it, they truly do just want to get in the deficit and out and what out. it's meant mm-hmm. to be. And so it, it helps yeah. have that perspective as well. Right. Exactly. We don't want to stay in a sure. deficit for very long. Get in and no. get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. So what has helped y'all overcome the scale? How did you stop it from letting it bug you so much? For me, um, I think I focused more like solely on my weight and my body image when I was in bodybuilding. Um, and I followed so many different like bodybuilders and influencers uh-huh. and saw their image and stuff. Um, and uh-huh. so when I finally got into CrossFit, I started falling in love with what my body was actually capable of doing, um, practicing skills, practicing heavy lifting instead of trying to look a certain way. So really just you know, thinking of thinking about getting my body the healthiest it can be and the strongest it can be and practicing new hobbies and skills has gotten me away from focusing on, you know, what number the scale reads more so on, oh my gosh, I just got this back, this back squat PR or this deadlift PR, I just got a muscle up or whatever it is. So focusing on, you know, what my body's capable of and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say for me, honestly, exposing myself for a long time of weighing every day, it just kind of became a number at a certain point. And it's kind of like exposure therapy in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like, because at first I was really afraid of it. Every day I was hoping it would drop X amount of pounds. And of course it didn't. I was getting on daily and just noticing that it, it was like, pretty consistently within a range. I don't know. I think just every day I just became numb to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I honestly just kind of stopped caring. Once I started feeling more confident, especially, I stopped caring what the scale was saying because I was like, oh my gosh, this, I mentally am in such a better place because I feel so much more confident than I used to. Like, who really cares what the scale says? Yes. Of course, I have those moments where I'm like, oh, I would like that to be lower, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, kind of I mine. love that. 
the exposure therapy that thing that's so true um you know a lot of like fitness coaches health coaches whatever um on like instagram and stuff you know i've seen a lot like if the scale bugs you just throw it away stop weighing and i get where they're coming from on that i think for some people that is the way to go um however i think actually exposing yourself to weighing yourself every day and understanding why the weight fluctuates and also being nice to yourself in the way that you talk to yeah. yourself and loving yeah. yourself for something beyond a freaking number um, mm-hmm. is so important because the scale is still data that we need to look at that is important. It's not the most important. It's not the only thing we focus on, but it's still a piece of the puzzle and what we can tell a lot of what's going on in our body. And so I think being able to do that, but getting to a place where it doesn't just completely like ruin your day or make you hate yeah. yourself more or whatever. Um, so For I sure. love that you said that, Kristen. That's so, so important. Um, but again, just knowing the reasons why it fluctuates and kind of being able to predict when it will happen. That's what's really kind of helped me, um, you know, whether that was I had a margarita the night before or I ate some more carbs or I had a really hard workout. I increased all my weights, you know, in the gym, that kind of thing. Um, okay. And just knowing those things, and this makes sound a little bit nerdy, but it's almost like kind of fun for me to like predict that. Like, all right, I did this yesterday. I bet it's around this or it's up or down or whatever it might be. And usually I can, I'm pretty spot on with most of it. Um, And I do that with my clients too. I like look at things like highlight cells. I'm like, okay, we see this. You did this here. That's what this is from. And yeah, um, that's the nerdy side of me coming out. But um, I I enjoy that too, though. I feel like I predict my weight as well. And then I'm even like... Like I'm, I go, I'm kind of like feeling myself out. I'm like, okay, how do I actually feel today? Like trying yes. to guess just based on like, how does mm-hmm. my stomach feel? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Yep. It's, it's kind of funny how that happens, That's but funny. yeah. And just knowing it's a dang number at the end of the day, no uh-huh. one else knows that number except for you. And if uh-huh. you have a coach, they know it and that's about it. That's and it. so, you know, just using, seeing it as a piece of data, that's it. And moving on. And looking at the pictures, looking at the measurements, and, you know, also um, focusing on how you want yourself to look and not just a number. Because I've seen a lot on Instagram, too, like the question, you know, if you could, like, have your ideal body image or a lower number on the scale or, like, your goal weight, which would you choose? And some people still would choose the goal weight and not their, like, goal body. And I'm like, that's crazy. If you could weigh a little bit more but get to look the way that you've you know, you want to look, that is your ideal, like, image, why would you not choose that? You know, you choose the lower weight, like, who cares? No one even knows what it is, but, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well, that kind of wraps us up for this episode. Um, I appreciate y'all coming on here and being vulnerable with us. I know sometimes talking about the scale, talking about weight can be hard. Um, It's been a journey for all of us. We've all gone through our own things, and I know a lot of women out there listening to this are also going through a lot. Um, But that's also why we love to coach women and help you out with those feelings with um, learning and educating you on the reasons why the scale fluctuates and what could be happening. But make sure to tune into next week's episode with Coach Mary and a special guest. See you soon. Bye. Bye.